Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen. Amen. I am I am so excited uh, to bring the word today. We're continuing, like Pastor Eric said, our, our sermon series, Heart and Soul. But before we get into it, I just want to honor Pastor Eric real quick. Um, can you guys can you guys join me in giving him a round of applause? We just have an incredible. We have an incredible lead pastor, and Pastor, you have incredible vision for this place, for where you've taken this place. Like you mentioned, you've been here 16 years. I've been here nine, and just to see how, how God has been faithful to this place, how you've led this place with wisdom, with love. Um, I was reminded that uh, as I was watching you greet people uh, nine years ago, one of the things that brought me back to this place was we were in this little union hall, and it's like this hallway that's like, I don't know, like my arms, like I don't know how we fit, and Pastor Eric is right in the middle. And he's just, he's greeting every single person with love. And although you, you can't corner both doors now, you have to kind of choose one. I still see the way you love people. And that is such a powerful testimony to this place. And so uh, my wife and I, we love you. I know the church loves you. And we love you even though you wore a Dodgers jersey last week. Uh, we, just, we just love Pastor Lori a little more because she wore a Giants jersey. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for the word? All right, family, if you guys can stand with me for the reading of the word, if everyone can stand, um, just in reverence to the word of God, we're going to go ahead and read. And even online, if you're watching online, if you're in your bed, go ahead and stand with me. uh, And we're going to read Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. This is the word of the Lord. Family, you may be seated. And I, I love this passage. It's such a, an interesting passage of scripture, right? The, the Lord has them walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. And, and as I was reading this, I began to say, that, like, why? Anyone else read this? Like, I don't doesn't make sense, right? And so today what we're going to talk about is when God's vision doesn't make sense. We're going to talk today about when God's vision doesn't make sense to our natural human minds. Sometimes God's vision doesn't make sense to us, and that's okay. The most dangerous place to be as a Christian is only to follow God when it makes sense to you. One of the most dangerous places, the place you don't want to be is I'm only going to pick and choose the things out of the word that I want to follow. See, today I think we need to, this is such an impactful passage of scripture because we need to learn how to follow God when it's like, huh, I don't get that. But we have to make the decision to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you anyways. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to highlight specifically verse two. If you guys can throw that slide up there. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. See, the word see in, in Hebrew, uh, Joshua was written in Hebrew, it, it's this word called ra'ah, and the definition is to have vision or to perceive. 
to have vision or to perceive. So the Lord is telling Israel to have vision, to perceive that I have given you Jericho, but verse one says the city is securely barred. I don't know about you, but if someone was like, hey, I'm giving you this house and there's a big old gate around it and it's locked and they say, and they don't give you the key and they say, here's the house, I've given it to you. You're gonna be like, huh, did you? (laughs) Like, what about that big old gate? Right, like God is telling Israel, see, perceive, have vision to understand that I have already given you Jericho, even though it doesn't look like it. Listen, God has given us authority in the kingdom to take regions even when it doesn't look like it. God has given us the ability to listen to his word even when it doesn't make sense. To the human eye, it doesn't look like a city that has been given to them. Yet the Lord says, look and see what I have given you. So my challenge and my question for you today is what is your response when the vision God has doesn't always make sense? When you look at your situation and it looks like God is calling you to, what it looks like God is calling you to as nothing but secured bars keeping you out, will you still obey? That's the question. Will you still obey? Like Pastor Eric says, we keep it real here at Thrive, right? I love when he says that. We keep it real here at Thrive. We're not a church that believes that you come to Jesus and everything magically gets better. Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Absolutely. Will everything magically in the snap of a finger get better? Not always. We're not a church that believes that, but it's still worth it to follow him. Will you follow Jesus when you begin to follow him? Maybe you're new to Christ. When you begin to follow him and life seems to be getting harder and not easier, can you still obey? Can you still obey? The word says the Lord is our provider. Will you still believe that even if you lose your job? The word said, the Lord is our healer. Will you still believe that even when someone in your family is sick? I think we have to understand that we can't just pick and choose parts of God's word when it's convenient for us. Because check this out. Y'all ready? Check this out. It's not faith if you only believe it when you see it. It's not faith when you only believe it if you've already seen the proof of it. That's not faith. Jesus says to his disciples, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, but still believed. Can you follow God before you see how he unravels his plan? Can you follow God when the vision looks like you're walking around a wall seven times and you're bumping your head into things and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense? Can you follow God when you haven't already seen the victory? Ooh, come on, I'm excited. You know what I've realized is that God's vision requires a renewed mind. God's vision requires us to allow him to have control. Anyone ever had a moment where you realized you needed to have your mind renewed? Anybody? Yeah, I'm going to tell a story. When I realized, and it's it's Valentine's Day, so I have to tell a story with my wife in it. Hi, I love you. Um, So um, I don't know how long ago this was, but maybe seven years ago, we, we went to Yosemite. Anyone ever been to Yosemite? Beautiful place, right? Incredible place, lots of hiking trails, awesome. Let me tell you something that you need to know for this story. Back then, I was in shape. Not this shape. This shape is round. I was in good shape. I was working out. I was in shape. And, and my wife has always been in shape. She's still in shape. I love my Valentine. Um, she's still in shape, but, but we're, we're, we get there, and um, we, but I don't know why, but we were hungry, so we ate our lunch at like nine in the morning. And so we get there, 
and we go to the little information booth and we get the trail map. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like you get the trail map and it talks about all the trails that you can go on. And um, we're looking at the map and she's like, maybe this one. And it's like, you know, moderate. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Let's try this one. Uh, and it's given the descriptions and it's called Upper Yosemite Falls. Um, it's the view from the highest like waterfall in Yosemite the second hardest trail next to Half Dome at all of Yosemite. And I was like, let's try that one. <laughs> we are not hikers. But I was like, we're pretty in shape. We could do it. And she says, babe, it says very strenuous. And I was unwise at the time. I said, they have to put that. That's for the old people. I, I said those words. I know. I now I'm, I'm just about to turn 27 and things are already hurting. I feel like one of the old people, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I don't know. Uh-uh. I said, but I said, that's for the old people. And she, she said, you know what she said to me? She said, okay, if you say so. Any, any husbands or any wives maybe ever got the, if you say so, that means you better be right. <laughs> that's the or else, right? She said, okay, if you say so. And I'm like, we got it. My mind was made up that we could hike Upper Yosemite Falls. And we're going, and it's like straight up, seven miles, like straight up. And like by like mile three, I'm looking around I'm like, huh, <laughs> this is pretty hard. But I, but I didn't say it to her, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't going to tell her. Like this is pretty hard. And I look, I'm beginning to look around, and everybody else has hiking boots and like the, the camelback waters. Like, they have gallons of waters, and I've got a drawstring backpack with one water bottle for both of us and an orange. <laughs> and I'm in tennis shoes, and I'm like, huh, this is gonna go well for us. And I was like, you know what, we're in shape, we got it, let's keep going. And so we're almost there, we're like five miles up, we're like two miles away, we begin to see the waterfall, like, oh, that, that is a lie from the devil, because we're like, see, babe, we're almost there. And I, and I look at these people, and we say, hey, is it much harder from here? And they said, yeah, it is. It gets harder. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's, let's still try it, we're already here, right? Worst decision of my life, that was the hardest walk. I was, we were, as we got up to the top, Praise Jesus. And it was the most incredible view I've ever seen. But it was the worst decision I've ever, one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. Walking down, I was like walking like this. <laughs> Our legs were just jello. My mind in that moment was so hardened. I, I was not allowing anything, even the context clues to renew my mind. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can do this with Jesus. We can do this with God. If we don't allow God to renew our mind, this is how we can be so bent on our will that we're hurting ourselves. If we don't follow God and his vision, even when it doesn't make sense, we'll be hiking up a mountain we had no business being on. We can be so bent on our will and our way and not realize that that way is fallible and it will fail you. The only vision that actually makes sense is the vision of God, even when it doesn't make sense. I'll take God's vision when it doesn't make sense over my plain, clear vision every day. You know why? Because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And he does. See, if Israel tried to take Jericho in any other way than the way God told them, they would have failed. God told them to walk around the city walls seven times, and there probably doesn't make sense. If they would have tried another method, they would have failed. If we try to live a Christian life outside of the word and commands of God, we will fail. 
And we will end up wondering what went wrong, but there's not much to wonder about. It's the fact that we deviated from his word, his will, and his vision. If they would have tried to walk around any other way, they would have failed, no matter how strong their army was, because what what, what brought them to that place and what was going to bring them victory was the presence of God. It was always God. Israel knew something in this moment that I think we need to catch. I may not understand everything God has told us to do, but he's never failed me before. Catch that today. I may not understand everything in God's word. I may not understand everything he's told me to do. I may not understand telling the truth when it seems like it may be better to lie, but he's never failed me before, so I'm going to follow him. I'm going to listen to the portions of his word that maybe I have a problem with because he's never failed me before. It's killing the pride in our hearts. My biggest problem walking up the mountain was my pride. The pride in our hearts is what, can, is what will kill us because we think when we disobey God, whether you know it or not, that we know more than him. <laughs> we may never say that, but that's what your actions are relaying. So can you follow him when the vision makes no sense? When we try to treat God like a genie and mold him to fit our life, it'll never work. God is not a genie that he can be molded into and fit into your life. We bow and surrender to him and mold our lives around him. He doesn't mold around us. Because even when it doesn't make sense, God's word is true. Even though it may have made no sense to the natural mind for Israel to walk around the walls seven times, they obeyed and God made a way because God was present with them. And you know what I love? One of the things I love is God's will always requires his presence. God will never call you somewhere without sending his presence as well. If you guys can put up, verse, put up the passage again, I'm going to highlight verse 4. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. If you didn't know, the ark signified and contained the presence of God. The ark reminded Israel that as long as they obeyed, God was with them. The presence of God is a reminder that as long as you obey, I am with you. The ark being present was imperative to Israel's success. The presence of God in your life is imperative to your success. I'm going to say that again. The presence of God in your life is imperative to your success and your victory. You ever feel drained, tired, just just broken, hurting, and realize you haven't picked up your word in like 24 days? When you're not exposing yourself to the presence of God, it's going to get a little hard. It's going to get a little hard when we don't expose ourselves to the presence. They made sure not to leave the ark behind because they understood that the presence of God is necessary for victory. They didn't say, no, we need 30 more men. They said, no, 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 we need the presence. We can't be victorious without the presence. Our vision and our plans need to follow his word and his vision. There's this quote, if you guys can throw it up, by by a pastor and an author named Mark Batterson. I love it. He says, the plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God. The plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God. And I love this quote because it reminds me that we cannot rely on our natural mind for supernatural vision. If you want God's vision for your life, you have to seek God. And I think this is something that's like, of course, but sometimes we don't do it. 
Sometimes it's like, yeah, I know I have to seek God. Sometimes we'll pray like one time uh, the whole week and then be like, okay, God, I just, I'll figure it out from here. What you told me was kind of hard. What your word says is a little harder to follow. We can't rely on the natural mind for supernatural plans. If you want God's vision, you have to seek him. In his presence, the supernatural begins to make sense. Oof. In God's, when you are exposed to God's presence, the things of God begin to make sense. Anyone ever had a moment where you were in the presence of God and you finally understood that passage of scripture? Oh, I get it now. Anyone ever been worshiping or, or reading your word and felt at perfect peace? <laughs> and in that word that says his peace surpasses understanding finally clicked, it's in the presence of God that the supernatural begins to make sense. If we try to make the supernatural make sense in a religious sense, in our own brains, without his presence, it won't work. It's like a car without oil. You can't be a Christian without Christ. Right? Like, right? like you can't be a Christian without Christ. We can't follow him without him. We want what's best for our lives, but we don't want to seek him for it. Our vision has to be aligned with his vision. Hmm. I have one more point is that I love this. If, if Sully can come up, uh, play some keys, is, is that God's vision includes our participation. Hmm. I love that. Because it didn't have to. God didn't need Israel to walk around seven times to flatten the walls of Jericho. He created the heavens and the earth with his breath. He could have just flattened the wall and said, go. God's vision includes our participation. I love that. God allows you and I to be a part of what he's doing. God allowed Israel to be a part of what he was doing. I love that. God doesn't need us to be a part of it. This will kill pride too. Maybe this message is about killing some, some pride in our hearts. God doesn't need us, but he loves us so much. He chooses to allow us to be a part of his vision and his plan. And you know why? I didn't, this is something that I didn't get until I had a baby. My, my wife and I, we have a baby. Her name is Kinsley. She, I think, I may be partial, but the, the cutest little baby in the world. <laughs> Y'all got cute babies too, though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating. She's, she's a year and a half old, and, and this baby is um, my face and Talon's actions. It's scary. Like, she is identical to me, but she wants to be just like her mom. Everything mama does, she does. Everything. She'll run around the house, mama, mama, mama. I, I, it's a funny story. I was driving the other day in the car, and Talon wasn't with us, and she saw her, her mom's mask, and like her, you know, her face mask, she said, mama mask. She's like, she wanted mama so bad, she would even settle for the mask. <laughs> my child is my, my wife's, like, best disciple. She follows her everywhere. And, and so we noticed this thing as, as my wife, um, she was cleaning the house one day and, and she was cleaning the table after dinner and she was wiping it down. And Kinsley takes the, the dirty napkin that we just had used to wipe her face and her hands. Cause you know, baby's hands get all slimy and dirty and gross. Right. And she goes clean, clean. And she's starting to clean. She's starting to begin to like wipe things down. And so now we got smart. What we started to do was actually give her cleaning stuff. You know, like we, we, took, the, we took the paper towel, got it wet and said, go ahead, baby, go clean, clean. You know, you know clean, go ahead. We said, clean. She's going to do it. You might as well do it. You know, we, don't worry. We don't give her like the, the actual product. We just give her water and paper towel. But 
She cleaned and cleaned, and I realized something. Something clicked in my head in that moment is that we don't need her to help clean, but, but God had created us for relationship, and so he enjoys cleaning with us. Maybe not cleaning with us. Maybe he does. God allows us to be a part of his vision and his plan because he loves us that much. He could have wiped the wall of Jericho down with just his breath, with just his hand, whatever he wanted to do, but he allowed Israel to be a part of it. We didn't need Kinsley to clean the house, but we allow her to be a part of it because we love her. We allow her to be a part of it, of, of the vision and plans. And so now when she sees talent start to wipe the table, she goes and runs for the paper towel. Because she says, I'm gonna be like my mom. The Bible says to have faith like a child. I think we need to be, I wanna be like my father. When we see his vision and his plan, I think we need to be like Kinsley and, gra- and go run for the paper towel and says, Jesus, whatever you're doing, I'm doing it too. What, oh, this is good. Maybe not my will for your life, but whatever your vision is, I'm gonna do it too. If that's cleaning a bathroom for your, for your name and for your sake, that's what I'll do. Whatever it is that'll lead me to follow you, I'll do. Kinsley doesn't know what she's doing is boring. (laughs) Because she's with her mom. It's her favorite thing to do. She loves to clean with mama. She doesn't doesn't know that in 20 years she's going to hate it. (laughs) In 10 years she's going to get really good at it. And mama ain't gonna have to do it no more? No, I'm just kidding, mama. We'll we'll be a good example. She prioritizes the presence of mom. Just how we should prioritize the presence of God. Whatever his will is, whatever his vision is. And you wanna know, helpful hint, you wanna know if it's in his vision and his will, then it's in his word. You're like, God's calling me to make, I don't know, to just do something and align it with the word. But never lose that childlike wonder and faith for his presence. I wanna, I wanna, there's one last point I wanna hit. God could have crushed Jericho himself, but he chose to allow Israel to be a part of it. And you know what happened is Israel's faith is increased when they obey because they get to see God come through. We follow God's vision we get to see it come to pass. And it's not like he's just doing it to use us to do things. He's allowing us to see how good he is. We begin to lose faith and we begin to doubt when we deviate from his word and his vision. Our faith increases when we move after his vision. So the the question, will you obey when the vision doesn't make sense? Can you trust that God is good enough that he knows where he's leading you? Can you be like Israel was in this moment and says, Lord, I don't know where you're leading me, but you've never failed me before. Hmm. I want to close with this. Three thoughts. First, God's vision requires a renewed mind, a humble heart willing to change. 
maybe, maybe that part of the message resonated with you today when I, when, I was, when I was talking about how we need to have a renewed mind and, and pride is seeped in. Listen, I believe Jesus is gonna give you the opportunity to respond. I believe he's breaking down the walls of pride in our heart. God's vision requires a renewed mind and a humble heart willing to change. So Jesus, I pray for those people right now that you would begin to open their hearts and loosen them and unharden their hearts to to pride and allow uh, your will to be done in their life. Second thing is in order to stay in his will, you need to stay in his presence. In order to stay in his will, we need to stay in his presence. I want to encourage you, maybe this is for the person who, 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 who has searched for God, or, or maybe this has become like a, a religious thing where you've come to church every week or every other week or three times a month, and, uh, but, but you don't actually seek Him. It's become a religious experience. I want to challenge you to, to, to seek Him in a way that you never have before. Mm, to pick up your word, to put on that worship music, to make God's vision become real requires His presence. And the third is that God's vision includes your life. That's the last thing I want to close with. God's vision includes you. I think sometimes we wrestle with this because we think we're too dirty or we think we're unqualified or we think that stuff of our past, there's no way God's vision can include me. Listen, Kinsley cleans terribly, but I still want her to clean. God's vision includes your life. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to close out today. But I just want to pray for anybody. If, if, if that was you, if that's your heart, I, I, I just want you to, 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 to begin to seek him in whatever aspect it is. And just begin to open up your mind, open up your heart to what he's doing in your life. Because I believe he's doing something mighty. And so I'm going to pray. If you, if you guys can bow your heads with me, Jesus. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.